What's up, everybody? We're back. 2022. I'm Jonathan. I'm Jeremy. We're the Evangelicals. You know, all the kids right now are saying we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> but Jeremy, today we're talking about Bruno. About Bruno. How you doing? Good. Did you have a good holiday season? It was it was very busy. Yeah. It, it, and the reason I say that probably more than anything is usually in January I really slow down and not only do Kate and I take some time off and spend some time with the kids which we did and it was lovely but usually in the life of the church it's kind of a slower season but our senior pastor just retired and with that there was just a lot of work we uh surprised him with like a, a documentary and a, uh, just a lot of other uh things that in the preparation for his his retirement it really kind of you know took away from you know downtime so i feel like i feel like i'm um i don't know still still trying to de decompress from from the holidays yeah you know what about you you guys, you guys go down south, enjoy some time together with your family. Yeah, we went to Florida and saw my in-laws, and that was lovely and warm and nice, and it was good. It was very. Sometimes we go down there and do a lot of things, and this time was just kind of chill. I read a lot, and um, so yeah, it was lovely, good time. Should we say anything about college football? If you want to, I just feel like. I mean, Jeremy, you're an anomaly to me in many ways, but. <laughs> You grew up in Georgia, and you're an Alabama fan. Yeah. And so the national title was Georgia and Alabama, you know? I Do, do you despise Georgia? No. I would imagine that a lot of people that you love and know are Georgia fans, right? So here's here's a little information for you. My uh, youngest son and I actually went to the game. The no, national- you didn't! <laughs> Jeremy, we are like, no. what is wrong with our relationship? We've not, like, talked for a month. Yeah, we were there. Oh, Jeremy. It was it was awesome. It was a great... I mean, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but it was an awesome memory experience that we'll have. Because it was in Indianapolis. Yes. And so it was close. And, yes. And he had some Christmas money, and we talked about it, and I had some Christmas oh. money, and we said... He's like, I want to go. I said, all right, buddy, let's go. Jeremy, and that's sweet. It was fun. It was so fun. It was a good teaching moment. Um so we're leaving, you know, the walking through the the foyer of the stadium, and Georgia fans are going crazy. And we get back to our car, and and he goes, oh, "These Georgia fans." And I was like, "Hold on, buddy." I was like, "If it had ended the other way, Bama fans would have been do- we would have been oh, doing totally. the same." And so it was just a cool moment to say, "Hey, Georgia fans, they haven't won in forty years. Of course, they're gonna be going crazy." Oh, yeah, the, you know, it was, it was just a nice moment to say. Hey, buddy, we lost. We, you know, but it was, it was just, it was cool. Like I said, just a good moment. He was so excited to just go and it, before the game, he just kept looking around. as like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're here. Did and, you think? Did you think Alabama had a shot at losing that game? Did you? Oh, think absolutely. The, did you think the whole time Bama was just going to win? Because as a as a, as a viewer, I was like. There's no way Georgia's actually going to pull this. I don't off. know that I ever have that feeling. I mean, unless oh. we're playing like a scrub team, but I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like. In the SEC, there's always a chance that, and you know, as a Bama fan, you know you're getting everybody's best shot. Like yes. practice for that team that week was amazing; they were all focused, and so you're getting everybody's best shot. And so there's always a chance that 
that somebody's going to. And this year, honestly, the fact that we were even in the national champion was unbelievable. I didn't even expect us to to make it this year. We, it was kind of supposed to be a rebuilding. Like we lost yeah. a lot of talent. And, and so the fact that we were even in the national championship game is was just unbelievable. And like I said, the fact that it was that close was was just a, a bonus to say, hey, let's see if we can find some tickets and, and work it out. And, and it was awesome. Man. It, so was, cool. it was cool. Cool memory. Okay, so we got to talk about Encanto. Everybody's talking about Encanto. Encanto. I saw it in the theater. Did you really? Yep, in December when it first came out. I think the weekend it came out. So give me, give me, let's start, let's just start a little bit. Uh, we're not a movie review podcast. Give me, just give me initial review kind of thoughts. We're going to, we're going to use Encanto as a springboard for a, for our conversation, but let's just talk, talk about the movie. Just overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I'm a big Hamilton, Lin-Manuel guy. And so I thought music, it, it obviously you, there was no mistaking who, <laughs> who wrote it, who produced, you know, like it was a lot of similar musical. Oh themes. yeah. Styles. And I, so I thought the music was just so good and you know, a lot of variety in the music and the style, and um, I thought it was well written. I thought the some of the animation was just like beautiful, real. Yeah. Like like you couldn't even tell it was drawn or however computer animated, however they did it. So I thought overall for me, it was it was so well done, very very good. Music, like I said, was fun. I thought just incredibly um, creative and imaginative, and so yeah, overall I thought it was it was pretty good. It pleased me, I guess. I, I walked away thinking that was pretty awesome. From that perspective. Yeah. What about you? So I am in the middle of doing a directed study course on the modernist crisis in Catholicism. And for those of you who are not interested in you know, uh, the, late, the late 19th, early 20th century, the modernist crisis is essentially a moment where the Pope says, all of these people that are being that are starting to get into critical scholarship of the Bible or thinking about transcendence uh, or personal experience in ways that the church doesn't deem orthodox, they're anathema. We're excommunicating them. And what I what is interesting is as I'm watching the as I'm watching the movie, yeah. I'm seeing the grandmother yeah. as kind of the gatekeeper. Can we before we get into Kanto, I thought the pre- Thing about the tree far from the tree the, 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 i didn't see it i have no oh idea what you're talking gosh. about so in the theater and it's on disney plus if you have disney plus it's called far from the tree it is be- it was beautiful all right sorry i didn't and it was it one of those like little like pixar three short minute type four things? minute yeah 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 it, it's lovely it is is really good we need to talk about that maybe next time you need to go watch it and we okay need to so talk about that. yeah it's stay really tuned good. stay tuned yeah, folks. yeah 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 it's so good oh really i didn't i did not see it yeah it's on disney plus go check it out so anyways, I'm watching the film and I've been I'm living in my mind in the history of the church and I'm seeing the grand, the the grandmother, the abuela. I'm like this is this is about the this is about the modernist crisis. I mean, all of these different individuals trying to live out trying to be true to the family or to the church, but also kind of cracking under the pressure of their own realizations and so in many ways, I thought you can take you can take in canto and you can put it in moments in history, yeah. and it actually fits as a as just a general commentary on uh, communities, control, call it call it leadership, call it politics. Uh, it it really it really is kind of fascinating. 
Um, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And here's, cool. and here's, here's why. Here's why. And this is where we're going to go in the podcast today. <clears throat> one of the things, one of the themes that I'm particularly seeing in culture right now is that I feel, I feel like a lot of our stories, and this is, this is frozen from a decade ago. I mean, so it's not just new. A lot of our stories are becoming about pressure or expectations and how individuals crack under pressure and under expectations. And one of the frustrating things to me about the story in Kanto is that the, all of these all of these beautiful <clears throat> individuals have these gifts that they're using and the abuela has really has encouraged them to continue to use them to serve the family and or not just serve the family to serve the community and as has told them you know our house is kind of what sustains this community which in some ways how awesome would it be jeremy if everybody understood their family life to be so significant and important to a community i mean while the movie was kind of detracting from that make kind of making it look like her expectations were negative Part of me would love to be a part of a society where every home recognized themselves as, wow, we're really vital. Our gifts and graces and the things that the, the place we have is so important that we have to be thinking to ourselves, how are we affecting others? So <laughs> part of me, part of me totally jives with the abuela, like her perspective of the world, you know, <clears throat> but the problem is in the paradigm of the movie the pressure becomes so much that that the individuals can't ask critical questions, can't be too inquisitive. You know, it becomes about control, which this again, this is just a, a this then becomes commentary on Western civilization. Absolutely. Right. I, just in a general. That's why I can so easily read it into the modernist crisis. We could read it into even the I mean, we could read it into the Protestant Reformation. We could read it into. Um, situation of the development of fundamentalism in America. I mean, there are so many different things that, in, or as religious historians, we could read and conto into. But so, I, I never, I never felt like we got the the positive elements of the abuela. And, and uh, some of you are probably listening to this podcast and saying to yourselves, "This is what's wrong with you, Jonathan. This is why we don't like you." <laughs> Is because you actually think you actually think there are elements of the abuela that are redeeming, you know? Yeah. But uh, I I will say I will say the positive element of Encanto for me. Sorry about that. The positive element of Encanto for me is that it actually is very much in direct dialogue with real life. Oh, absolutely, and I think even just so I know that. I feel like when you talk about this applies to certain parts of history, I think it also applies to where we currently find ourselves. Talk about it. And so I think that that and, and why I think that maybe that attaches itself to history is I feel like sometimes we look at where we are and we think we we are everything is new. And I feel like part of what we're going through as a church and as a society, have been things that churches and the church and society has gone through many, many times. And we just somehow think we're the end all be all and we are just doing it all different. And, but if you look at, I think the root of all of it, 
that history repeats itself more often and we um, could learn a lot if we would listen and look and, and learn from, from previous mistakes. I think the abuela um, is a symbol of a thing was good and had good roots and it became, it got to a point where the point was we have to maintain mm. the old yeah. in a way that's negative and we got to do whatever we can to protect and to to the detriment of not seeing people where they actually are. It all becomes about protecting the thing than it does about understanding what the thing was to begin with. And and so she, it was all about protecting this this thought where one of the uncles ran away. Um, uh, one of the 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 main character when she touched the the door disappeared. And so and these are all spoilers. Sorry. So if you haven't seen it. Well, if you haven't Pause seen it, it go also, I mean, what's your it. deal? Go, go, go see a carto. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that that the way I see it is, is I feel like a lot of what we see in politics, a lot of what we see in the church is sometimes we're holding on so hard to trying to keep the thing going that we're missing what the thing was supposed to be about in, in the beginning. And, and so I think that you see that. With uh, the 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 Reformation, you see, I feel like it's all this. We have to hold on to the systems. We have to hold on to the thing, even if they become a negative, because we got to keep the thing going. We don't want to be the generation that the thing dies or that the thing falls or that the thing whatever. And so we hold on to systems and we hold on to things that may be um, hindering us from actually, uh, in our own context, living the gospel um, and the systems and the not that the systems are bad if they serve the understanding of the greater good of who we are to be as the church of loving God and loving other people. But if it becomes about maintaining to the neglect of people and the mission and the understanding of who God's called us to be, it can be a real negative thing. And so I, I see her as um, this, this image of this has been a good thing. It's taken care of this town. And instead of, the heart of why that was and the heart of understanding why that happened, she was holding on to this, this negative understanding and trying to hold on to it with everything that she was, which caused her to then not see her granddaughter, not see her son, not see them yes. in, in a way that was healthy um, in a negative way. They were the problem rather than potentially the solution to what was happening with the house and, and the candle and all that stuff. I don't know. Does that make, I think that, you're yeah i think that was a beautiful reflection i mean i don't have any i have no no critique one one of the things to your point about our moment in history we are at a moment of deconstructing institutions and there are some things in our society worth deconstructing mhm there really are but the where where in the world did this terrible phrase throwing the baby out with the bathwater come from <laughs> Why is it terrible? Well, it's just, it's just, it's, it's kind of gross, but I feel like it's the, it's the, I almost said it. I found myself almost saying it. And then, so then I just wanted to ask the question, where did that come from? Because in, uh, it's, it's the only way that I, in my impoverished vocabulary, know how to say, uh, getting rid of everything for the sake of, you know, getting, getting rid of the thing that's obviously not right. So in that, you know, in the analogy, we're trying to get rid of the bathwater. Right. right. I mean, we're trying to we, we have to dump something out. 
you know, but then the, you know the problem becomes you 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 throw out the essentials with the stuff that's that's negative, and I I do think that the the problem the problem becomes uh I feel like there's I feel like in our society right now we are having a difficult time living life in the middle, it's one or the other, it's all or nothing, it's left or right, uh. Even even the way we talk about healthcare, I think the way that we talk about health healthcare is so silly. It's either universal healthcare, or you know, it's the marketplace. Why why in the world can't it be both and? Because even just realistically, that's what it's going to always be anyway. Yeah. I mean, in America particularly, rich people are never going to be satisfied with something that the government offers them, and so there's going to always be elitist doctors for wealthy people and specialists that you and I are never going to be able to get into with our, you know, with our group insurance plans. I mean, regardless right, 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 right. of... I mean, it, but it's but it's like we fight about, we fight about polarities, and we either you know and the, and the conversation is always either throw it all out throw it out and start over or try to preserve and try to hold on to it and try to keep it and in many ways this is this is argue and this is gross generalization here but this is kind of the conservatism versus liberalism at the heart of it in many senses you know is preserve or throw out and i just live my life in a place of I, I live my life as a pastor between these two extremes, and I'm always thinking to myself, "What? There is a middle way that would be so much less painful for everybody." Yeah. But it seems like, and so even for the abue, so the reason the reason it's related to Encanto is I wonder to myself the, the question that I left Encanto with is this: Are expectations bad? So I think. Um Another point that I think that hold maybe, on, we got to answer. Are no, we going to come back to it? No, I think this speaks to it. I think it speaks to it because I think this this fits in with that. So I think that in our culture, we so celebrate the great and the grand that we miss that if everybody had these that that were just amazing, we would probably be fighting more if we didn't have those people who were just kind of. Um, the calm, the uh, not spectacular, right? Not spectacular. We celebrate the spectacular, and I feel like that's one thing that happens that that this brings out is if your gift isn't spectacular, and everybody doesn't look at you and think that you're amazing, then you have no place, or you're just thrown to the side. Yeah. And so I think that that we have these grand arguments. They're all about the big. They're all about the whatever. And and so how do we and, and I think we do this in the church, unfortunately, that the people that are on the platform are more important than the people yes. that clean the toilets and yes. the people that um, preach or teach Sunday school are more important than the people that hold babies in the nursery. And and I think that that's because her gift wasn't up as big as the other people. And I think what was beautiful about the movie is at the end, the whole community joins in and rebuilding the house. Yeah. That it that it no longer becomes about this family. It becomes about this community doing yes. it together. Where I think in our society, if we did a better job of of understanding that people, you don't have to do the spectacular to be a part of what we're doing or to be considered great or to be considered a part of our community. Everybody plays a part 
and you may not be on the platform, you may not be in politics, you may not be, but the lady that, or the, you know, the garbage man is just as important. And I'm thankful every Friday that they come and pick up my garbage because if they didn't, I don't, you know, and, and, and we have this in our society. And once again, I feel like it trickles down to the church that the reason I think we, we are where we are as we've lost the ability to celebrate all people. And so I think when we're asking, what is the expectation? What are the expectations that we're asking people to live into? It, it can't be something that is like, well, you have to do this giant thing or you have to have this big gift. The expectation is how can you contribute to the community and then celebrating whether we think it's a big deal or not celebrating you know what? That is unbelievable. Like I, it's not what this person does who gets to have animals in his bedroom. You know, I was like, that is unbelievable. Or who can lift heavy things, or who is the prettiest, or who can hear, um, or the girl who's perfect. And I think that in all of those things, how do we celebrate everybody's understanding of who God's created them to be, and understand that the expectation is that you will use that gift for the betterment of the community. And um, whatever that is. And and so I think in understanding that everybody can play a part. When we were in Arizona, um, we would have senior citizens come in and vacuum the sanctuary every week. And it was unbelievable. You know, and because it was a way that they could serve. It was something that they could do. And people, you know, they don't realize that churches have to get run. Somebody's got to run the sweeper every week. You know, people show up on Sunday and it looks good, but that didn't just happen. You know, and so I think... The expectation is what is what has God gifted you with? And then I don't get to look at you and say, well, that's a terrible gift because it's not this or it's not that. But how do we create a place that people can use the things that they're good at and gifted at? And the expectation is, is that's awesome, but you're not just going to use that in the marketplace or for your own personal benefit. The expectation is that you're going to allow God to take that and use it for his kingdom, his purpose, and for the betterment of community. Well, what you're talking about is Paul's analogy of the body. Absolutely. I mean, this is the body. Sure, there is skin on the shin that I could probably live without, and I couldn't live without my heart. But it's still, the, 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 the analogy, the, the body analogy is, is wonderful in many senses from mm-hmm. Paul and uh, regarding the body of Christ. I feel like, in this historical moment, to your point, the church has an opportunity to be the institution that shows the world how to celebrate everyone, how to give everyone a place and a voice, how to be in healthy community, and even how to have healthy expectations. Like Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. The Christianity is about living, uh, to take Miller's slogan, living the high life. Wow. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should, maybe, maybe I should say, maybe I should stay straight away from there. They're not sponsoring us, by the way. I just want you to know, we're always, I'm always digging that we need sponsorships. That's why we, that's why we don't do a video podcast. <laughs> Shoot. I wonder if, I wonder if the bots are going to, reach out to us 
I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe that's what we just got to start name dropping stuff. (laughs) And then see if they. (laughs) Maybe the high road. Maybe I should say that. Christianity is is not a religion, an institution, an idea of low expectations. It is. It is an ex, an ethic of community expectations. That's that's really what it is, you know. And so, <clears throat> the the only again, my only rub with the with the film is that everything everything crumbles because these individuals crumble under the weight of personal expectation, and that it all falls apart because they don't have the safety of being able to just express themselves or be honest. I also thought it was interesting. Bruno, <clears throat> Bruno's in the movie. He's not a prophet. He just tells the truth. He yeah. says, your fish is probably going to die. Oh, your dad lost his hair. You're probably going to lose your hair too. You're not taking care of yourself. You're going to get overweight. I mean, he just, <clears throat> when you look at the, when you, if you listen to the song and just think about it, he's not saying anything brilliant or, you know, out of, and to, and to the to the sister, you know, she says, you know, I don't have a cloud in the sky or in my mind, you know, everything. But then he brings a little bit of of doubt, pessimism, and then I just everything goes out of control. And it's like, well, is that his fault, or is it, or is it your fault that you, you know, don't don't have the the self control or the wherewithal to just put out of your mind the thing that he I'm says? Gonna, I'm going to push against that. I don't think. I don't think their family crumbles when everybody falls under the pressure. I think the reason the house crumbles is because the abuela has lost the focus of what this was all supposed to be about. Cause that's what it was in the end. I feel like it was not everybody. She turned everybody and the expectation for them into the preservation of this, this thought that she had. And once she realized that it was about the people, everybody was happy to use their gift to serve the community. But when it was about preservation and making sure we hold on to this, and to me, that was what caused the house to crumble. And so, you know, in the scene where Bruno sees the girl hugging somebody and thought it was the sister, it was actually the grandma. And when she confronts the grandma and says, this is your fault because you are turning this into something that it was never meant to be, I feel like that's why it started to crumble because and the reason people were buckling under the pressure is it became more about preserving the thing than it did about living in community and using your gift to uphold the community. So what's what's hilarious is if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, these guys are getting, like, really serious and impassioned about an animated film. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> you're right. So I, is, I love is, movies anyways. Is, I Mira, think... is Mirabel, Mirabel, was that her name? Is that the the um, the main character? I know. I, I can't remember. I think it's Mirabel is who who the um, main character is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is a matter of perspective because I objectively can't say that you're wrong. But my frustration with the film is that no one is courageous enough apart from Mirabelle to confront the abuela. And for me... I also see that to be the case in the church right now. Absolutely. There are so many people that are just choosing to leave the church, crumbling under either their their um, unmet expectations or frustrations. And the problem with me in Encanto is, 
it's representative of society and that all of these people are choosing to have hush-hush conversations behind the back of the person that just needs to be confronted. Yeah. And so they're all shoot. They're, it's not. And this is also my problem. Like, the United States of America is not doing anything to you. You are the United States of America. The church is not doing anything to you. You are the church. And I think that my problem with all of the fault being with the abuela is that it just completely removes the responsibility from the people in the situation. And when we all watch the film, we're like, oh, isn't it great that when abuela's heart changes at the end, everything magically works together and it becomes everything that it should be. And for me, I'm like, uh, in real life, we need to all stop hoping that the people on top change and we need to, from the bottom, recognize that we have a responsibility to call out and gently nurture each other into a, a community life that's healthy. That is, I think, I think that that is my issue with the movie, is that it is that you love the abuela and you hate that she's. I don't love her. I think she's. I think she's. I, I don't like her. Like I don't think she's doing it right. I just don't like that all of. <laughs> In the end, the story can be told that because her heart changes, everything changes. And my question, my my perspective is that we don't always have to wait for the leader to change, the person in charge to change. You know, church people that are leaving your congregations right now because you're annoyed with the pastor because he won't change. Do something. I Stop. That, that's and this is also just existentially where I'm living right now, you know. So we're in, um, we're in a time now where we don't have a pastor, you know, and people are losing their minds, and and to me it's frustrating because I'm like, the church started when Jesus left, <laughs> like it's, yeah. Um, I'm just getting I'm getting hot now. Yeah, you're getting a little you're getting a little fired up. It's good. I think it's really good. I think that. So this goes to a, a question I have for you is have we created a system where pastors are at, at such an elevated position that we can't have conversations with them about what's going on? Yes. <laughs> so You're I mean, right. I mean, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So like, I don't know that we can blame the people for not saying something because I don't know that the culture and I don't know that there's many Nazarene churches that were like Mars Hill and the Mark Driscoll situation. But I do feel like people have – there is this understanding that the pastor is the leader and, and, and it, it's gotten to a place that we can't question him. And, and maybe from a, a, a really um, unhealthy place of if we make him mad, he'll leave, which unfortunately has happened in the Nazarene church a lot. And, and so we have to keep him happy because we like the way he preaches and the way he leads and we can't make him upset and we can't challenge him because he may run or go somewhere else. And, and, and so I think that, that we've created a system where that's more difficult. And I think it was difficult in the movie. Nobody wanted to confront the abuela until she, the, the, the girl realized like this, something's got to go. Something's got to get. I guess, I guess you mentioned the, the Marshall podcast. I'm also, I'm, I'm upset that that was made. Here's why. Here's also another problem in the church. Christianity today has realized that gossip and um, crime sells. And so 
at the expense of a church, which is actually a real church full of real people, at the expense of that that church, at the expense of Mark Driscoll, which I'm not def- defending Mark Driscoll, they, they made a podcast by interviewing a bunch of people talking badly about an individual. And that's what we do now in the church. We get hurt by someone and we just go and leave and we talk about it and we feel justified and vindicated. And I think that we're in a very unhealthy place culturally. I don't think, I don't think that we know how to confront people and have healthy, constructive, critical conversations. And I, I legitimately think that we are in a dumpster, a dumpster fire right now. And I think that while a lot of Christians look at the Marceau podcast and they love listening to it and it's really enjoyable for them, I think that's part of the problem is that like you're you're consuming and enjoying consuming listening to people talk about problems and then what it makes me do is it makes me then go look for all of the problems in my own institution um when honestly what if what if listening to talking about other people's problems is deflecting the fact that I am a part of the problem i, I just i feel like we're abdicating responsibility and we're buying slutty stories and we don't we don't realize it so what so what's the balance like i said so you say we need people who will say we got to do it differently and i think i don't listen to christianity Day podcast about mars hill and take delight i think it's tragic i i think it should be the most heart-wrenching like gut check for if you can listen to that and you think i love this um Feel like you are missing the point of the podcast. Um, I don't well, think it was meant. I understand it sales and it like they they've they've tapped into something, but I to me it's it it was more of like this is terrible that that somehow the gospel got co opted by this end all be all person you know and 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 whatever you think about Driscoll there was definitely some unhealthiness to what was going on there and what that looked like. So I I. I mean, I, if, if, if I went and interviewed four people in polling that don't like you, I would get the same I story. I could find you more than that, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and me too. Absolutely. I mean, that's my problem, though. It's like... And the problem is, is, I tell my people all the time, if you have something, come talk to me. Like, I would love for you to... But they they talk to other people. So I just started going right, through... Right, and that's the podcast. Like, that's the, that's that's the Mars Hill podcast, Exactly though. right. So I, taught, I, I started uh, preaching Revelation, and... Um, and I, I, the first sermon, I said, if I say something that that you just rubs you the wrong way, like please, I'll buy coffee. I'll, I'll, it's on me. But come yeah, to me. I love me. that about you. I love that about you, Jeremy. Like I want to, like, don't go talk to other people because yeah. listen, I'm going to say some stuff that probably is going to go against your, sure, your understanding of potentially how you've heard this book t- taught before. But don't, like, come to me. I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll do whatever we need to do. And so I think. That podcast about Mars Hill and what I think this in the movie Getting Back to Encanto is this understanding of how do we have healthy communities where once again we don't elevate certain gifts and certain talents yes. and certain understandings. Yes. But my role, like I, I'm still part of the community called Pauly Nazarene. My role is I teach and I lead. But my role is no more elevated than the people that clean every week and the people that are doing whatever they're doing. I'm just a part of it. But my role within the community 
is you've asked me to come and to teach and to do some things in the community and be a part of that. But the moment I start to think that I'm above or different than, I think that's where it breaks down because then it becomes about my self-preservation and making sure that we have enough tithe and making sure that so that I can keep my job rather than understanding that, no, I want what's best for the community and how do we keep a healthy understanding that everybody gets to contribute and everybody needs to contribute and everybody has to be a part of this. This is going to be what what God wants it to be. Um, and that's that's. I mean, I don't know, maybe I, I have a wrong perspective on, and maybe it's easier in a smaller church than it is a bigger, you know, like I'm not trying to say that, that I am somehow killing it and everybody else isn't. Maybe it's different in my context. I don't know. Um, I just think that, that what the movie and, and what I feel like it, it is lending itself to is, is how do we really bring about, how do we not lose track of what this is all about to begin with? And, and I think that, that this is why I think we have poor like eschatology or why poor eschatology has gotten us to where we are. I feel like in the church is, is having a better understanding that God wants to dwell with people and that, that it all is working towards on earth as it is in heaven and the redemption of all things. And and that everything we do should be to that end and should be about people bringing them into that understanding and letting them find their life in that story and, and inviting them to be a part of that. And all of the other stuff is important. You know, we got to keep the lights on and we got to do these things potentially, but it's always in service to that and, and helping people understand who God has created them yeah. to be and living into the gifts and the talents that God has given them. And, and if we don't have something in our church that serves that, then let's figure that out. Like, how do we, how do we create something that you can live into what you think God has created you to be about and to be for? And, and that there's nothing bigger or smaller, you know, the mother Teresa quote always comes to mind that God never asks us to do big things, just small things with big love. And, and how do we help people, understand that our community is better with them a part of it yeah serving and living and not that we are um um somehow gaining like we're gonna we're better for them no they're better they make us better and um and, and i try to i don't always but when people say or invite people to our church i usually try to say the line because our church would be better with you in it and, and not, we can do this for you or we can make you better. You know, like I try to make it more about us having a better understanding of the kingdom because they're a part of it rather than the opposite direction. And and I think that's what Encanto is, is everybody gets to be a part. And I think with the, the, one yeah. of the, the big things with Bruno is we do this in the church sometimes too, but I think like we definitely do it in politics is if we think your gift somehow doesn't fit into what to maintaining the the status quo, then you you get kicked out. You know, I think we're seeing this in the Democratic Party that if you don't line up with this, then you you you're on the outs. If you don't do like if you can't help us maintain what it is we think we need to do, and you don't fall in line or you don't whatever uh, fit into our box about yeah. what we think this should be, then you get kicked to the curb. Right. And, 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 and so I think, and I think it's, unfortunately we do it in the church. If you yeah. don't, and, and unfortunately sometimes in our denomination, if you don't check these boxes about how we think you should yeah. live or what that looks yeah. like, you can go find a church that you can yeah. do all those things. And once again, I think the expectation needs to be there. We need to call to something. We need to call people to something higher 
but it's it's not to the neglect of well if you don't do this 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 and this then you can't be a part it's no come be a part of us and that as you belong and as you're a part of who we are and you start to see what god is doing and what that looks like they may their expectation may change about what they even want for their own life but if we're just kicking people and you know making bruno live in the walls of the house or whatever how is he ever going to find his purpose and his place um his his place in our our understanding of who god wants him to be if we just well we don't like what you did we don't like what you said so you have to and maybe they did i don't i don't know that they intentionally kicked him out but they made him feel like he had to oh, totally. to run yeah. you know like i don't know if they said you have to leave but he felt su- in such disgrace or shame or how whatever he was feeling that he felt like i can't stay here anymore i got to get out of here so. right well yeah and the ideal the hope would be that the church again would be the place where people find their place where they can live out their gifts as as a part of the body of Christ. This is a good conversation. Yeah, uh, we, we solved it, didn't we? we got it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but next week we'll come back with that that story. You should watch it. I'm going to. Everybody should watch it if you have Disney Plus. What's it called? It's called. Uh, I think it's called Far from the Tree or something like cool. that. It's good. Four minutes, five. I mean, it's real short. It, it's good, but I think it has a lot to to uh, to, to to think about. Sweet. It's good. It's, next next time next time the evangelicals podcast is recorded at lima community church of the nazarene in lima ohio